Hey guys, and welcome to the What You Got podcast, where we talk topics A to Z and everything in between. I am Jordan Palmer, joined as always by Mr. Charlie Bud. And today, I was quite excited to do a little bit of prep work for this particular topic because I think it taps into a, a very common thread throughout many of our childhoods and our adult years, and that is the films of Hayao Miyazaki. That's right, people. Miyazaki movies are being discussed today. But I am so excited because these things have defined so many different eras, I guess, in my life, even though I'm only 25. So uh, I'm very excited to see what you have to say, what films you watched, because I know we didn't discuss that beforehand. So, bud, in this very illustrious episode, I'm going to kick it off to you. What you got? All right, Palmer. Well, I'm excited as as much as you are to talk about the legendary uh, Japanese uh, filmmaker and animator, Hayao Miyazaki. Um, but, I, yeah, I watched... Uh, let's see, what did I watch? I watched Spirited Way, Castle in the Sky, uh, My Neighbor Totoro, and... Um, Howl's Moving Castle. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's what I watched. You know, I was trying to, like, read up again on a couple of the movies that I had seen, like Princess Mononoke. See if I can remember kind of what happened in the plot. Um, but, yeah, so a lot lot to talk about. You yeah. know, this, like, this acclaimed, acclaimed filmmaker. Um, but, you know... So wait, what were the movies that you went and like kind of rewatched? Okay, so I, I own and love *Howl's Moving Castle* and *Spirited mm-hmm. Away*. For this one, I watched *Princess Mononoke* because I've actually never seen that before. Okay. I watched *Porco Rosso*. I watched okay. *Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind*, and I watched just a doc, like a documentary on on his life. Oh, interesting. I wish yeah. oh, I wanted to. Wa- I should watch that documentary. What's it? Where'd yeah. you watch it? I watched it on HBO Max. Oh, because they have all the Studio Ghibli stuff. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then yeah. they also have, you have to put it into English sub because I, I was like, what is the subtitle? Mm-hmm. What are the subtitles going to Oh, pop it's just up? fully in Japanese. Did, fully in Japanese. Fully okay. in Japanese. Oh, I also so that, watched uh, Nausicaa Valley of the Wind. I forgot. Ooh, yeah. okay. You want to talk about that one first because okay. I have some thoughts, mm-hmm. but I'm going to kick it off to you. What is your overall impression? What did you like? Oh, also, do you watch dub or sub? That's a very, I think, important question. Uh, dub, because, I mean, I own a couple of Studio Ghibli movies, like Castle in the Sky, My Neighbor Totoro, and Spirited Away. Um, and then I just watched the rest of them on HBO Max, which are all in English. I'm mm. sure you can, I don't know if they have a version of it you can watch in Japanese, but I've always just watched these movies in English. I've never heard or, you know, seen them, rather, uh, in their original Language I should, but I haven't mm-hmm. yet. But what about you? What do you prefer? I too do dub as well. Also, I love the. <laughs> it's funny some of the stars that they pull in to voice the uh, characters. I, I think probably my favorite is Howl's Moving Cra- uh, Castle. Howl Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. I think he did an awesome job with that, and I cannot imagine another voice for <laughs> Mark it. Hamill plays the villain in Castle in the Sky. That was okay. I'm not proud to admit that was the one I started. I am 15 minutes into it right now, mm-hmm. but I did not finish. Okay. What is that? Do we recommend Castle in the Sky? I liked it. Um, there's like a lot that I liked about it. I mean, like for me personally, I what I liked about it is like I don't know why, and it's most likely that Zelda was inspired by Castle in the Sky rather than Castle in the Sky was inspired by like zelda not to say for sure that's just the feeling i got from it it's not that like zelda like i meant the scenery like the scenery not necessarily like uh the story um it's just like i don't know the uh the 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 castle in the sky latvia reminded me a lot of hyrule kingdom from like uh, zelda for some reason i don't know why that's just me um it had like that kind of especially in the most recent zelda game breath of the wild it reminded me a lot of like kind of like this overgrown forgotten lost kingdom with all like the especially like the robots really reminded me a lot of uh like the ancients from uh breath of the wild or zelda so uh that was just like the way the, the take i got from it and um it's you know i just liked the aesthetic like they're like the the biggest thing I liked about Castle in the Sky was like how they had these like airships, and I always loved the design that Miyazaki does. Like I don't know how he does it; the guy is so talented. But 
he like i just like all the airship designs were really cool it was kind of like i don't really know how you describe it it's like a little like steampunky maybe mm. but um yeah that's what i like i love the aesthetics i love the visuals of that movie and it was a pretty like touching story but yeah now i got see now i got and you were saying zelda at first i was like i thought it was the game but i also wasn't sure if it was uh f scott fitzgerald's wife for some reason but uh that's good to know confirmed (laughs) it's the game zelda the game Um, zelda yeah from the first 15 minutes i am locked in and ready to ready to continue watching Um, yeah i mean i definitely think it has a bit of a slow start but like i mean maybe because it kind of starts off on that airship and then, like, she falls from the sky, and then it goes down into, like, that coal town, which is yep. a really cool, like, aesthetic. Cause it's, like, in the middle of, like, a canyon, and, like, I love, like, the the uh, the houses kind of built into the cliffside and the railway that kind of runs through all of it. It's really cool. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the villain is Mark Hamill. So. He does a great villain voice. Not only does he play the Joker in Batman the Animated Series, but he also plays Fire Lord Ozai. Yeah, he actually, the voice character. sounded a lot more like Fire Lord Ozai. Oh, really? So you will recognize that it's Mark Hamill for Good. sure. He also played Chucky in the latest iteration of Child's Play. Oh, I have not seen. Nor have that. I. I don't really need, I don't know. I'm not a big like Chucky or Child's Play fan. I think those movies traumatized me when I was younger. Bro, let's talk about trauma for a second. Not to get too <laughs> off topic. Totally traumatized by those. I actually didn't watch them until I was 21. I got my roommates in college as a senior, as a grown man, and they knew I was like kind of freaked out by it. And they always play like little little doll jokes on me and whatnot. And so oh, I was finally like, look, I'm a grown man. We're watching this movie. It's actually pretty entertaining. It's pretty funny because they like they understand that he's a grown man possessing a doll who's also a murderer so it's pretty funny but um yeah i might check out the new one but to go back to the miyazaki films yeah all right so cast on the sky check Mm -hmm. let's go to totoro for a second here because so you you saw it as a child no i actually didn't see my neighbor totoro until i was like 21 22 oh okay so Uh, it was you know not too long ago um you know, I heard a lot of people like talk about it, uh, and I, I always just remember people how people described it. It's like it's not really a story; it's just kind of like <laughs> about uh, these two girls and them discovering like a giant cat-like creature, Totoro, and it is very accurate. But um, kind of exploring one of his common themes, I thought Totoro was really about like environmentalism, yes. and. Um, because you know Totoro is supposed to be a spirit of the forest, mm-hmm. um, and like the girls uh, can't like you know they have to kind of be in favor of the forest because he's, he's, he Totoro is described as like a forest spirit, kind of be mm-hmm. in favor of you know the land that which they are on, and will um, you know be presented or the forest spirits will present themselves to them in a time of like need and like they try to plant they have like the garden they plant the seeds and all that mm-hmm. stuff so uh it's like um definitely has environmentalist themes and i even think that's the case when you look at the like the black like soot thing creatures yes, like yes. how they kind of you know i think are kind of guardians of nature because mm-hmm. they will bother people if like they don't like the host but they kind of, i think you see that they leave the house kind of early on after they move in um uh, because they like they notice that the that the family that like the girls and their dad you know are good people mm-hmm. and they take care of the land for which their house is built on so definitely and actually i'll, I'll kick it off and say for those mm-hmm. listening spoiler alert there might be a couple of spoilers we'll try to, keep it to a, yeah to a minimum but just in case you have been warned mm-hmm. but you did mention the environmentalist theme and that's something i never truly appreciated i don't think mm-hmm. until doing this now because i'd seen Many years ago, Kiki's Delivery Service. I'm and then I haven't seen that one yet, but continue. Okay, so, so then uh, I saw Spirited Away and How's Moving Castle. And the theme, at least I don't really remember in Kiki's, but for the other two, it's not really so much of an environmentalist thing. It's kind of more of like a story-driven. But yeah. um, then you think about Princess Mononoke. It's very environmental about, theme. In oh, Princess absolutely. And then also Totoro. Mm. Um, there was another that like stood out to me. And I was like, man, like I didn't realize he really really mm-hmm. vibe on the environment but that's i think it's so progressive because a lot of these movies came out you know early on not mm-hmm. really before this whole push for 
you know, trying to slow down climate change. Yeah. So I think that's uh, pretty forward looking on his part. I agree. I agree. And he always draws like beautiful, like these beautiful set pieces for like, mm-hmm. nature, especially if you continue with uh, Castle in the Sky. Uh, minor spoiler: They make it to the castle in the oh, sky. Oh, okay, what? Uh, <laughs> um, and like it has like you know these like beautiful scenes of like like nature and like it, it's great. Um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm trying to think of like his other movies because obviously Princess Mononoke is like heavily an yep. environmental kind of story. It's like about like these you know people protectors of the forest and then the people who are trying to you know exploit it for resources and then the main character ashitaga i think yeah something names like that. were not a string <laughs> um is the you know is kind of caught in the middle of it and yep. pre- you know is trying to prevent a full-out war between these like two factions but um yeah it's uh it, it that's definitely more of like you know a miyazaki kind of blatantly kind of saying like Boom! Environmentalism. I think I haven't seen it, but I think uh, his most recent, like The Wind Rises or something. Yeah, yeah. I think that is kind of big on uh, environmentalism, but I don't. I'm not sure because I haven't actually seen it. I know it's about Preach. World War Two, like it right. takes place in that kind of time period. But um, yeah, and also Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind is like kind of uh, environmental. Oh yeah, so. yeah. I would say so too. I definitely think it is. It's like. In that movie, because it was it was a couple of weeks ago, I watched it. Okay, um, yeah, but dude. in that movie, um, they have like there's like a rot kind of on the world, mm-hmm. right? And it's like kind of creeping in. And I forget what they say is like the cause of. The I rot, forget that but, too. Um, I think it was man, if I'm not mistaken. It though. might have been. It might. And have then been. like nature slash the like bugs that are in the world are trying to kind of combat that. And they're like living, doing their own thing. And it's becoming more and more uninhabitable for humans, which is mm-hmm. kind of a real life story right about now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really is. And it's kind of amazing that these movies came out in like the eighties. Yeah. You know, pretty, yep. uh, I mean, like, I don't know. I wasn't alive in the eighties to see like how big of a, you know, climate change or global warming was to, that those years and like how much of a movement it had i mean and you can trace back the early you know 20th century to like articles about global warming and stuff but um really really uh fascinating um stuff that you know he was so he cared so much about the environment and he has so many different settings like my name or totoro really kind of explores like the countryside of like mm-hmm. japan um which is interesting because i always feel like his movies take place in fantastical worlds and if not they have like very fantastical elements yep Mm -hmm. definitely Mm -hmm. what okay while we're on that did you have a do you have a favorite i mean i think it's like the the most normie like normal like person's like favorite but it's spirited away i thought you were gonna say yeah like i mean how can you not love everything about spirited away i mean it's just the setting is just so fantastic. The bathhouse is just like oh an absolutely iconic, like scene. Um, everything about it, like how it, like the whole spirits, uh, you know, world essentially, and how like the you know the ocean kind of like rises. I don't know. It's it's just it was mystical. You know, it, yep. it's its own character. The bathhouse is its own character uh, in the movie. Um, so. And you know, just the entire story of Spirited Away is just so like fascinating. The world of Spirited mm-hmm. Away is so amazing, and I love revisiting that movie because it's just like a time delay, just like journey back in to uh, to it. Chills, but, yeah. literal chills. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say probably my favorite, and this is spoiler alert, people. So if you're listening and you haven't seen Spirited Away, please mute me for like the next minute because you don't want to do that to yourself. I'll wait. But okay, my one of my favorite sequences, I think of all animated film comes from that movie. It's when um, she's riding on Haku. Yeah. And it's like the end. Oh, and she yeah. says she remembers his name. And dude, the shatter. And they just start falling. You see mm-hmm. the tears coming out of their eyes. Oh, man. That's like such a good, such a good sequence. So good. So good. And I also like how uh, No Face is just like such an iconic 
yeah. character and like kind of kind of funny but also like totally demonic at the same time oh absolutely disturbingly so like it's just kind of actually was very disturbing i remember when i watched that as a kid i'm like good lord yeah i was um, like i don't know if i like that guy <laughs> uh, oh man but ubaba and zaniba probably yeah. although i was trying to figure out if Zaniba, or sorry, Ubaba's voice was the voice of the like blind woman in Nausicaa in the valley. I couldn't tell. I know I knew that voice. Dude, no. I, she also sounds like the woman in like the pirate mom in uh, Castle in the Sky. I don't know oh. if it's the same person though. I think it was actually Hama. <laughs> Shout out to Avatar: The Last Airbender from um, the Puppet Master episode. Is that? I think. Do you think is. so? I, wouldn't I be think surprised. so. I would. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but yeah, did you know that the Fanning sisters? Bro, for Totoro, I was Totoro. gonna tell you that. Yeah. yeah. Did you know that? Um, oh man, I think the voice of Lilo is the voice of uh, Jihiro in. Uh, really? Spirited Away. I think so. Check that right now. I'll fact check myself, people. Oh man. <laughs> but no, and then I'm trying to think about what. I... Okay. Also, I don't know if it's me, Gene Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> from uh whatchamacallit uh kiss but whoever played the voice of um grandma sophie in house moving castle that person's name is gene simmons as well oh yeah you're right it is lilo ah look at me all right dang you were so quick with that i just went I on was... imdb oh <laughs> i was literally just google searching them both individually all right well played well played yeah uh wow i didn't even realize that because the movies kind of came out around the same time how did i not think that chihiro sounded like lilo maybe you were just so sucked into the films that you just lost track Mm -hmm. happens to the best of us yeah it's possible but yeah no spirited away is uh is 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 definitely my favorite miyazaki movie but what what is yours dude okay so I always go back and forth between these two. Mm-hmm. Spirited Away is one of them. Mm-hmm. Something about Howl's Moving Castle, man. Yeah, I knew you were going to say Howl's Moving Castle. I'm just in love with that film. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I love just like how, over, first off, Christian Bale as Howl, how overdramatic this man is. Mm-hmm. First off, also, can we talk about the score, Merry Go Round of Life by Joe Hiyashi for a second? Because yeah. the, the music in all of these films is fire, but oh, for some always. reason, that one was just hits, hits mm-hmm. so good. Um, and then I just, I love, I love the magic of, uh, <laughs> of the world. And like you said, this is actually kind of different because I feel like you don't often get into like a more modern city, like, uh, mm-hmm. you probably see today in some of these films. So seeing that and then seeing it like, um, kind of juxtaposed, juxtaposed with kind of the backdrop of we're in this weird war mm-hmm. and there's this guy, how who's supposed to be this like killer of women, this magician guy. Yeah. And then somehow Sophie finds his moving castle, mm-hmm. even though he's been on the run from the government. And I uh, just, Oh dude, it's just, Oh goodness. I'm sorry. I'm so, I yeah, know. I mean, <laughs> I love how's moving castle. Like, uh, it's, it's a good one. I mean, like the, like you said, I mean, that's just like another one of those like fantastical kind of like worlds and um, like with the, you know, the castle. I remember it like emerges from like the fog, right? And like, yeah, finds Good it. Memory. Yeah. And uh, whew, just what a great movie. And I love the Howl's Garden. Oh, bro. You talk about animation being on point. Mm-hmm. They did a good job with that. I was like, I'd love an, like my own little secret garden area even though i'm not a big flower guy but i was like they make that look so awesome i know they make you were like yeah, okay maybe i can get into gardening <laughs> <laughs> maybe i can do this do a little uh, little daisy action a little mm. tulip action i found it interesting though that like miyazaki tends to write from the perspective of like a child mm-hmm. like they're always young protagonists um but like sophie i think is or like at least Hal's moving castle is kind of older for his general like what he writes because spirited away chihiro is like 10 yeah uh and then like my neighbor totoro is like i'm pretty sure satsuki is uh like 10 or 11 mm-hmm. and then like may is four yes um, super young and then also might be like 15 tops sophie is like 15 uh, not nausicaa 
Oh, Gnostic. Oh, yeah. I think she's like 14 or 15. So, yeah, definitely another older, you know, character. And also in um, Castle in the Sky. uh, God, I just literally watched this movie on Friday, (laughs) and I can't remember the character's name. Um, Oh, God. So many characters, so little time. Yeah, but they're both, you know very young and they're both like 10 or 11 years old which oh, wow. by the way there is Look a up. weird scene in castle in the sky where like these grown adult men are like trying to hit on and flirt with the female protagonist who's like 11 Ooh. years old i don't like that it was all uh, it was kind of weird and i was like why why is this happening like they were trying to so basically Minor spoilers. It's nothing okay. like major, but uh, the main character, like the female protagonist, which I can't remember their names right now. Um, hey, I'm sorry. I will look it up. But um, th- so they're like on this pirate ship, and they there's like a whole crew of them, right? And like the, mm-hmm. the, the sons of the main, of the, the pirate mom, they're all like grown men, right? Oh, okay. Sheeta, Sheeta and Pazu. Okay. So Sheeta is working on the ship because she's like in the kitchen making food. And like the guys like kind of, one guy comes in and he's like blushing and like, he's like, Oh, you know, I just wanted to uh, say, Oh, uh, can, can, can I help or whatever? And like all the guys like kind of come in saying like, Oh, can I help? And one even brings like flowers and they're like blushing. And I'm like, the girl's 11. <laughs> she is a child. She's a child. I'm like, why didn't Miyazaki write this into the movie? Oh boy. I, I was just kind of confused. Mm. Um, I was just, I don't know. It was a little weird to me. And I was okay. like, okay, Miyazaki, this is a little strange. <laughs> this might not have aged as well as you thought it did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was oh. like, it, nothing nothing bad happens, obviously. Yeah, because yeah, it's like yeah, a yeah. quote-unquote, I mean, it's a kid's movie, but not really. Which is another thing I want to talk about. If nope. you think his movies are kind of aimed for kids or not. Mm. Because some of them are, like, especially something like Princess Mononoke. Mm-hmm is not aimed for kids Mm-mm. it's like aimed for like young adults yeah i mean the, the dude was cutting people in half i didn't i've never seen that in a miyazaki movie before yeah I no it's, it's it's a little bit more violent a little bit more dark and like Ooh. uh um and it's a little bit more graphic if you will i mean i won't spoil but i'll just say things get shot in the head Let's yeah. put it like that. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. I mean, gracious. that movie I think is rated PG thirteen. Like, I, I don't oh, even. Wow. Yeah, I don't even think it's like a you know, you know, like you know, P, PG or even G. And I don't even Ooh. think many of Miyazaki's movies are G rated. I think My Neighbor Totoro is, but I'm pretty sure Spirited Away is PG. And same yeah, with right. Castle in the Sky. Uh, Nausicaa Valley of the Wind might be for older. I don't know, but. I can see that. Can like see that. so, I don't know. Like, do you? I don't really think he makes uh, or Valley of the Wind. Did I say Valley of the Sky? Valley of the Wind. Nope. Um, but <laughs> nature. I don't think like his movies are necessarily tailored for like four, five, six year olds. You know, mm-hmm. like how you know we grew up watching, you know, you know, anime like Lion King. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's not. It's dramatic. you know like it's it's dramatic and it's good, but you know that's definitely a movie you can watch with any kind of aged kid. But I wouldn't really say the same for a couple of Miyazaki's movies. I agree, and I mean, I you see people, I think like sucking blood or poison out of people's wounds and mm-hmm. spitting blood, like not not well, yeah, necessarily. Yeah, away that happens. Like Haku kind of flies in and he's like oh, covered in like blood that. and stuff like that. Was he spitting up blood too? He was spitting up blood. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Man, when she was trying to when she was trying to force something down his throat, oh, like he yeah. was spitting up blood, like from yeah. the river spirit. The river spirit. Yeah. Oh man. But mm-hmm. no. Now that you mention it, I think I think this is why like I can appreciate it as an mm-hmm. adult because I, I think it's not necessarily aimed for like the four to six, but if maybe in the ten year old range, you could appreciate you know kind of one version of the movie uh-huh. but when you get older and rewatch it, it's like oh like i liked it because it was really you know visually stunning 
good music, kind of memorable characters. They did quirky things. But then when you're an adult, you're like, oh, I see there are like some other things we did to hear. So I, I think I appreciate it for that. But when you're looking at it kind of on the age spectrum, yeah, like six and younger, seven and younger, maybe even eight and younger, not necessarily. For yeah. Um, but I, I, I would, you know, it's, I, I lost my train of thought there, but, um, <laughs> I agree. I actually think you get more out of these movies the older you are, uh, because mm-hmm. I, I think like, I just think Miyazaki was, he chose animation as his vessel to tell stories and, yep. um, you know, a lot of his stories carry like kind of adult themes they're simple there's not a lot of like complexity to some of his storytelling but um you know like there are definitely themes that you don't pick up on if you're a kid watching these movies and like some of the more you know story that's written in between the the scenes the lines however you want to phrase it like are not as as something you will pick up as as an adult Mm -hmm. um and these movies are definitely worth watching as an adult because they're not necessarily kids movies. They're just simply, you know, animated movies uh, that tell really great stories from one of the most renowned animators and filmmakers in history. So Yeah. Preach, preach. I was going to say one film that I like I didn't think I would like, but I actually really enjoyed Porco Rosso. Dude, I haven't I, seen that. So Honestly, I was going to skip it. I was like there's a pig in an airplane <laughs> cover. like i might be able to pass on this one but mm-hmm. I, I tried pow- powering through but i actually like in no time at all i found myself engrossed in it mm-hmm. and the only word i could use to describe it is delightful it's unexpected and you just get so invested in it's just, it is what it is it's a pig flying a plane but it's, it's a little bit more complicated than that but dude it is like um just like it's, it's a good watch like if i just hadn't i would watch it again in a heartbeat that thing was Honestly, it has taken a pretty high uh, high stock in my overall list of Miyazaki films. Yeah, I want to see. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, Ponyo, but oh, uh, it got jo- the Jonas Brothers' younger youngest brother to play the the kid in that. Oh, movie. really? Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. That movie came out like kind of recently. I say recently, thirteen years ago. But I was gonna say, is it twenty ten? What was it? Two thousand eight, I think. Oh jeez! Wow. Yeah, I think the last Miyazaki movie that he made was 2013. Like, yeah, that was um, The Wind Rises. Mm-hmm. Which and I want to see. That, like, cool. Do you want to see that? I do too. Like, yeah, I he was too. like he was very prominent in the 80s and like 90s and mm-hmm. early 2000s. Like, obviously, Spirited Away came out in like 2001 or something. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it won, I think, the Oscar for best foreign film. It did, or best animated film. Okay. Best mm-hmm. animated. Ooh, look at you, Miyazaki. Yeah, and it's also like one of the highest, I think it's like the highest grossing animated film of all time. Wow, okay. Shouts out. I mean, it is like an absolute masterclass in animated movies and definitely something everybody should watch. If you have Mm -hmm. not seen Spirited Away, do yourself a favor. Please. And watch Spirited Away. Oh, I wish I was in your shoes. I wish I had not like I know I wish I could see Spirited Away for the first time again. (sighs) If somebody can like get that technology so that we can like forget movies and watch them again, ah, that'd be be dangerous technology. Oh man, you know, think about that. Like a technology (laughs) that can erase memories. Elon Musk, you're on it, man. Neuralink. Neuralink. Get it going. Uh, did you hear he's like launching our satellite into space to display ads from space? I'm sorry, what? Yeah, that's my reaction. What? Is this necessary? I know. What? Is this necessary? I mean, come on. Like, there are other things, more yeah. pressing things. Yeah. Wow. The dumbest. I think, I, I, I you know, <laughs> I'll verify my sources on that one because, okay, you know, yeah, I heard that from like a secondhand outreach. source. And, okay. uh, you know, from like a somewhat trustable person, but I was okay, like, that's good. he all, I'm not sure if it was actually true, but I heard this mm-hmm. and I'm like, really? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> is this yeah. like, is this what we need right now? Like, <laughs> can't you just like focus on like doing, you know, literally anything else? <laughs> Almost literally anything else. Yeah. Almost literally. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Like talk about sources and trusting in high school. My sister told me that 
Mick Jagger was Kesha's dad, and I definitely raised my hand in the middle of class and asked the class if that was the case, and I got clowned for the next like two years of it, my life. Trusting information uh, is a big problem, especially in this age of social pretty, media. It's a fickle mistress. It yeah. giveth and it taketh away. There's so much misinformation on social media. Yes. There's so much. Even when you think it's right, it's often misleading or misrepresented. Mm-hmm. And, and you got to do the research. You got to do the research. And, like, I have no idea how many times where I see the stuff off on social media. Even stuff where I'm like, oh, that's great. That's awesome. I totally agree with that. And then you look it up and it's, like, not even close to being true. <laughs> And it, or it's just like it's completely misrepresented. Like they like completely omit certain elements to that story, and you're just left like, well, you kind of, you almost had it. <laughs> it's like it's like we're playing a game of telephone here, and you kind of omitted a lot of things. Um, no, for I, I love it all. Okay, don't love it, but when something is so outrageous, you're like, oh, there is no way that is real, mm-hmm. and. Sure enough, it's a shout out to Elon Musk once again. It's like no sure way, not. but it's like eh, it's, it's it's wild enough that yeah, it I believe it. You know, I, I believe, believe it. it. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Um, but uh, anyways, going back to <laughs> the great Miyazaki, <laughs> Return. <laughs> returning, circling back here. Um, I was gonna say like so. Back to my earlier point, like you know, he usually writes from the perspective of kind of a younger kid, like. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that? Like, why do you think he kind of takes that direction a lot? Honestly, I think as a child, well, we've all been children. Mm-hmm. And I think from that perspective, it's the world is such a, a wondrous and unique place and things that might be dangerous or scary aren't necessarily as dangerous and scary. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's just kind of that that innocence that just naturally draws people in. So you can relate so much more to these characters because it's like I've been in their position or I might not have been, but I can understand why a kid would think this, that, or the other. Mm-hmm. And so often I feel like he gives them these incredible odds to overcome. Mm-hmm. And it's like, an adult, you know, cynical, eh, it's, it's not, it's not going to happen. But a kid's like, I can do it. I can, we can make it. I mean, shoot, just look at some of the, like, I mean, shoot, shout out to the <laughs> castle in the sky at the beginning. She yeah. starts climbing out of a plane to cross, you know, yeah. into another window. No adults doing that. Like, eh, I might not. just get, I might just get mm-hmm. caught here. <laughs> but no, she said, let's get it. So it's like a uh, false I think sense of bravery or something like, I don't even yeah. know. False sense of security that, you know, they think they're untouchable, invincible, but at the same time, they are humbled, you know, like the, mm-hmm. the his characters. They're humbled in the sense. I also, as to your point, like this kind of innocence, I do think there's like an element of like a lot of his stories deal with like fantasy elements. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think very few of his stories don't really have any type of like fantasy kind of related to them. But like it's easier to kind of sell that as like a kid, right? Absolutely. Like especially in a story like My Neighbor Totoro, like – it's kids going to find like these you know forest spirits and when they try to show their dad they can almost never you know get the forest spirits to be there and like there's minor spoilers again but when the tree kind of grows and stuff like uh because that's not there when they wake up the dad Mm -hmm. is sitting there working you know and like um and he doesn't notice that a giant tree just sprouted in his yard but it turns out when they wake up the next morning it's not there so, but like, it's really just, I think it's like a ki- kind of a kid's imagination, but at the same time, it's like this magical realism, which mm. I don't it's not even an actual example of magical realism, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like, you know, it's, uh, it has like that selling point that a kid would be able to kind of imagine all of this, even if it is you know, actually happening, even if total, like, that's another question for you, Palmer. Do you think total, like, speaking of my theory is i don't really have any real evidence but do you think the kids thought of totoro it's like it was all in their heads oh wow interesting Mm -hmm. that's very okay you're gonna make me you know i'm thinking here because i mean let's be real was the bus a giant cat (laughs) things to think about (laughs) things to ask ourselves honestly I'd like to believe Totoro was real. I do. I, I I'm I'm in the camp because I think there's just too much like physical evidence of Totoro. Uh-huh. Like the bus cat, the cat bus <laughs> takes. What is it? Spoilers again. Takes uh Satsuki to find May. You know. Mm-hmm. So like, and there's no real sense of like what that could be a metaphor for. So I do think that 
Totoro is there, and I think it's more of that, like, um, the innocence of childhood is allowing them yes. to, because they care so much about nature and the preservation of it, that they're able to see the forest spirits, and that the mm-hmm. forest spirits look after them because they see these kids as people, or they can leave an impression on them to preserve the nature that they, Totoro and crew, call home. So Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I do have a question for you, though, there, mm-hmm. bud. So, I mean, we know that Disney movies, animated movies, mm-hmm. are they permeate through at least our um, you know United States society, yeah, and they get adults and everything. But it's so interesting to understand that there is you know this foreign group, Studio Ghibli, that has created a series of films that have played you know such pivotal roles in our lives. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's possible from like today? Do you think we could have a new Studio Ghibli somewhere else in the world? And it could just be, I guess, bought into as much as Studio Ghibli is today. Yeah, I mean, personally, I think the reason that, you know, Miyazaki's movies became so widely acclaimed is because, uh, you know, they're good. They're Mm -hmm. very good. They're influential in a sense. And, you know, that it like no matter if you can make something that's really that great, you are and you're that talented. I think that your work will get carried across nations borders you know uh and i think that it's definitely possible um with like you know foreign filmmakers kind of i feel like on the rise i'm not i have nothing really to kind of back that up with but i feel like uh foreign films especially like the japanese and maybe even like south korean markets Mm, um are kind of up and coming i think miyazaki really paved the way for japanese filmmakers and I think that, you know, South Korean filmmaking has always kind of been like up and coming and it's really kind of shown recently. So I definitely think um, that there is an avenue or there will be another, you know, auteur, uh, my favorite (laughs) word, (laughs) um, that will rise from, you know, another country, whether that's Japan again or, you know... uh, anywhere else that will have such a profound kind of influence on the you know global cinema stage like Mm. miyazaki did with his studio ghibli films definitely Mm -hmm. definitely cool dude cool Mm. yeah what were your thoughts there throw the question at you all right so i was thinking kind of along those same lines but i am interested because now we live in a slightly different uh landscape so i would it's like if if Miyazaki was to come up today, how would his his films be released? Would they, you know, be released theatrically? <laughs> kind of back to the streaming thing, but mm-hmm. would they be released theatrically in Japan and then theatrically in the United States? Would they be released theatrically in Japan and then streamed through the United States? Or would it kind of be... Because there are, are some films that have been coming up. Like, I remember Wolf Children was like a, a big thing kind of like a couple of years back. and mm. But it, it wasn't really... At least I didn't see it in many theaters. So I don't know how kind of our, our new avenues of presenting content are going to change mm. just how certain creators are able to get their stuff out there. So either it could make it all very easily accessible and we could see another Miyazaki or it could kind of change it up. And I don't want it to undermine, you know, what somebody's trying to do because I think about, you know, the role that these, these films have played for myself and some, and many others. And I'd like to believe that someone could kind of replicate that too. That's interesting. Uh, I definitely think that maybe today, because with the rise of the internet and streaming services, that you might not see these movies, like Miyazaki movies, come out in an English dub uh, kind of immediately, at least. Okay, definitely. um, I would think you would probably actually be more familiar with these movies if Miyazaki did everything that he did in the modern era. Uh, You would probably know them to be in their native tongue like you'd probably watch them more in japanese rather than you'd see you know see them in english because you know disney distributed it in the u.s and had all these you know big name you know american actors to play you know voiceovers for the english versions but and like that's how it was kind of popularized i think uh in the united states because you know disney was like oh wow this is so such a fantastic animation we have to take it and like bring it to the united states but i think you know how you would solve with like parasite you know okay like it was kind of just 
it was brought to the states in its native language you know mm-hmm. and i mean foreign films have done that in the past but i think with all the tools that we have accessible like streaming services and all that i think you would find english dub while being an option maybe down the line wouldn't be the way you get first exposed to some of these movies that makes complete sense mm-hmm. You bug got a little like crystal ball over there. What's happening? Uh, you know, I keep it in my backpack. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh man, do you have a favorite like soundtrack from any of these movies? I really loved Castle in the Sky's soundtrack because okay. it's really top of mind for me. It's really good. Um, especially like, yeah, there's just a lot of really fantastic moments, especially when they go to Latvia. Uh, there's the score is just superb. Um, nice. Yeah, uh, there's definitely some like weird moments though. I don't know if like, I remember. Th- I noticed it a lot in like Castle in the Sky. Maybe it's just like the time that the movie came out. But there's like moments where you feel like there should be music, but there just like isn't any. Oh. And I can't remember <laughs> if that's like a- the case in like some of his other movies that came out in the '80s, like Nausicaa Valley of the Wind. I feel like the score doesn't like ring a bell to me when I'm thinking of the music for Nausicaa Valley of the Wind. Like I definitely I can like almost see the scene where music is playing but i also feel Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of times where it's just like quiet and it's just like dealing with like the sounds of the world yes yeah a lot of ship sounds and Mm -hmm. whatnot yeah Yeah. i really liked the what's called i think one summer day in spirited away Mm -hmm. you hear it when a haku takes uh jihiro to see her parents in the pen Mm mm-hmm and I just uh, and she was just eating like a rice cake and crying, but I think <laughs> yeah. it's a, a really nice track there. So that's one of my favorites as well. Oh, I get gushed about Spirited Away. All I day. know, dude. Oh my gosh, <laughs> goodness gracious! Who was like your favorite? Do you have a favorite character? Favorite character? Um, hmm. Favorite character? I mean, let's see. Maybe Nas. I do like Nausicaa a lot, like her character, um, and I do like I like Chihiro in this. You know, uh, but I also like uh, God. What's the what's like her caregiver like the Meg? Not oh yeah yeah, yeah, Meg. yeah yeah. I like her a lot. I like her character because um, oh, I just remember you know, like she like kind of belittles uh, Chihiro, but at the same time, like, deeply, like, you know, cares about her well-being, kind of, like, almost a, from the start, you mm-hmm. know, like, how Ponji's just like, you owe me this one, and then, uh, <laughs> you know, like, it's just, I liked, I just liked her whole character pretty much. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love, uh, I love Gamaji from that movie. I think he doesn't get the love. He does the boiler room man. <laughs> what did I call him? I said something weird. Oh, did you? Were you I, I tried to name him, and I don't. I guess I completely messed it up because he did not catch <laughs> that. Oh, I was like, I was like, maybe he's talking about a different movie. Maybe. Yeah, no, oh, man. Um, but no, Gamaji's my guy. No, he's great. He's definitely. Yeah, because he also was like a kind of grumpy towards Chihiro uh, mm-hmm. when she shows up in the boiler room. And then, like, when Meg shows up, she's like, Who's this? And he's like, That's my granddaughter. <laughs> yeah. Good impression there, man. Uh, yeah, no, he's like, Yeah, my granddaughter. Go get her uh, get her a job. Yeah. And then um, I think Howl is probably like, like, they just, the goat. The goat oh, for man. you? The Your goat. favorite character? The goat. Yeah, I just, I vibe. He just like Christian Bale's. Yeah, Christian Bale's just an incredible black man. He Even is. when it's just his voice. He really is. I uh, like with the line when he like there's burn marks on the table from the Witch of the Waste, and mm-hmm. he just like wipes them off casually, and he's like that can't be good for mm-hmm. the table. I was like, come on, how is this guy not the coolest man in the world? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I find it interesting that Miyazaki has like written a lot of like female protagonists into his. Yes, like, yeah, he, that is. Very he often writes from that voice. I would say, like. Like, obviously, in Spirited Away, he does mm-hmm. My Neighbor Totoro, Nausicaa Valley of the Wind. Um, he has a female protagonist in Princess Mononoke, kind of. I mean, it is, like, mostly around the guy whose name escapes me, but it does, you know, <laughs> deal with... Oh, why can't I remember any of these characters' names? But, you know... Ashitaka's the guy. Yeah, Ashitaka's the guy, and, like, the girl who rides the wolf. Um 
Dude, I, why do they call her Princess Mononoke once and then she has a different name? Can we talk about that? I don't know. Oh don't my know. goodness. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, I don't want to spoil. Okay, people, spoiler alert. This is for Princess Mononoke. So if you haven't seen it, hop off. I'll give you a second. Actually, I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a second. I'll take like three minutes. Okay, bud. Why, 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 why did Ashitaka go back to Iron Town or whatever at mm. the end of the movie? I was like, bro, obviously you like this girl. This girl likes you. You don't need them. Just yeah. go live with the wolves. Like, you're cool. Like, we're, we're going to make it work. Yeah. I don't oh, know my. why he does. <laughs> like, I don't really know. I wonder if it was just because he want like it was it was his home that he was like told he can't come back to and because of his like affliction his like curse or whatever and like he wanted to show that like yeah i can go back now but uh, but know. that wasn't even he wasn't even going back to his home he was going back to that place where everybody was like mean and where they put lepers underground i don't know why he goes back dude I just I feel like that was uh he made two steps forward and three steps back. Yeah. I don't really know why he goes back. It is odd, but maybe someone out there if you know if you've yeah, seen oh. the movie. Oh, look at that. Little plug in natural yeah, segue right there. If you've seen the movie, tell us your thoughts on like why do you think Ashitaka goes back to Iron Town at the end of Princess Mononoke? Yep. And you can do that on Instagram at what you got podcast, which is spelled W H A T C H A, or on Twitter at what you got cast with what just spelled the same way. Yeah, please let us know. Yeah, because I'm curious. I'm. That's <laughs> all. <laughs> I, I was like, I know, because it's like literally a hard stop there. I was like, I know this man ain't going back for these foolish people. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why he goes. Um... <sighs> But uh, I was going to Google it to see if like somebody has an answer. I truly think that it was just a creative choice. Because sometimes these endings aren't always, you know, what you're looking for in an ending. I think. Uh, I think. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> do you do, do you oh, no, I didn't really find an answer. But um, oh, okay. continue. Uh, yeah, continue. Oh, no, no. I was just like, sometimes... Like that was probably one of the endings that I was like, eh. mm -hmm. um, it took me a while. Uh, I don't, okay. I don't want to say ugh, I'm scared. Cause I don't want to like ruin anything. Um, but there's just some that, you know, you feel better about like, it's a cool, like, okay, I imagine that's how it's going to be. And then mm -hmm. there's somewhere I'm like, eh, kind of put it at a weird, we stopped at a weird point. I thought we had a little bit more to, to give. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's just, uh, my thoughts on some of those endings. <laughs> a, a minor rant <laughs> My a minor rant oh man but no it's i mean you can't go wrong even when the ones that they come up a little bit you know for me not not the great not my favorite ending i still love them so it's, you know classic miyazaki yeah hmm. um hmm well uh is there any like particular movie that like you seen of Miyazaki that like you were just like that's just okay ooh mm -hmm. hot hot take mm -hmm. hot take um I think I've enjoyed them all in terms of it's weird because Princess Mononoke I had no idea what it was about going into it mm -hmm. and it wasn't my necessarily my favorite I know some people are like yo this is that's the hill I'm gonna die on like Princess Mononoke is it. That's it. Yeah, a lot of people love Princess Mononoke. It has such a cult following, and mm -hmm. I'm not trying to nobody. It's a great movie. I'm not. I'm not shading your movie, but at the same time, I don't know. It just um didn't hit all the feels for me. It wasn't like I Ashitaka was like cool as a character, but I wasn't you know in love with him. Mm. I understood, but Princess Mononoke, whose name is escaping me at this I moment right now, Son. Let's go know. with. It. Let's go with I that. have no idea. She, yeah. So I like, I liked her because I was like, okay, she was literally raised by wolves. I mean, yeah, it's, it's San. Okay, San, raised by wolves. Cool, I get that. But this man Ashitaka was out here, real talk, trying to like mess. San was just trying to protect the forest, and this woman from Iron Town was trying to mess everything up. And this man Ashitaka, who owes this woman from Iron Town absolutely nothing, is trying to be like, hey, let's just have peace. I'm like, bro, 
get out of the way. You don't, you, you, you're new here. And so I was, I just, I couldn't get behind, I couldn't get behind why he was going for, I get it. Peace is nice. Yes, yes, yes. But this is a natural conflict. We're coming to an end here. Classic tale, man versus nature. <laughs> Bro, I'm just, Ashitaka messed it up for me. <laughs> that's and fair. that's, that's where we're going to leave that. That was probably the one that I had the most, um, problems with not even problems just yeah i think i would agree with you like i liked all the movies i don't think there's one movie where i would feel like okay like i like i like them all like all the ones i've seen at least i haven't seen every miyazaki movie but from all the ones i've seen i've um definitely really uh you know I think that one I was also kind of like, hmm, you know, it it was good, but did it blow me away like some of his other movies? No. Um, yeah. So yeah, I would agree with that because you know I love My Neighbor Totoro for its simplicity. Yeah. Um, I love and I just love everything about like the character like Totoro. <laughs> like, uh, like I remember when. Um, oh God, why can't the Shatuku? Sasuke, okay. It gives him an umbrella when it's raining, and they're waiting for the bus. And like he, like he, like he's so curious because he's never seen an umbrella before or had <laughs> one because he was wearing like a leaf on his head. Yep. And uh, he he finds it so interesting, and like uh, I think one of the raindrops like really like splashes on the umbrella or something, and he like gets like full body chills, and uh, <laughs> he's just like, wait, that's so cool, and then just jumps up and down to like cause all like the rain from the like the trees to drop down upon them it was just like it's like those moments that is just so great definitely know? definitely uh i'm telling you that childhood innocence man that's yeah. a big thing there and then, i mean i feel like my neighbor totoro fully explores childhood innocence and i think that's probably the one that he goes most in depth with in that yeah. regard mm-hmm. because it's literally as you said it's through the eyes of kids and you question what's real and what isn't mm-hmm. is this yourself from their perspective or is this actually happening yeah mm-hmm. but dude watch porco rosso I'm gonna okay. just plug it. I'm gonna plug it right You're now. Plug it? You're gonna plug it. You're gonna plug it. Yeah, no, I know. Nah, I know. I, you know, talking about all these movies, I kind of like want to watch them. I know and again. <laughs> I just want to watch more of them. You know, like, oh, I want to watch. I strangely want to watch Princess Mononoke again. Yeah, which does have it. a huge cult following. It really does. It there does. are a lot of people out there who like die on the hill for that yep. movie. Um, uh, you know, like a lot of people will probably tell you that it's their favorite movie by Miyazaki mm-hmm. over even Spirited Away. Definitely. Um, which is pretty wild. I mean, it's a good movie. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong with it. Like, I mean, there's nope. plenty wrong. I mean, you can kind of say, like, whatever. You understand what I mean? Uh, there's, there's, but it's a very good movie. Um, and, but yeah, it's just so interesting that it has such a huge, huge following. Uh, yes, it is. And a lot of people love like Yargul, which I think is his like the the thing Ashitaka rides on. Oh, oh yeah, like the little deer thing. The deer looking guy. <laughs> the wolves were gonna eat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's like an actual like animal because it's. Got I don't think huge, it is. It's like it's like a mythical creature, but. Yes. Um, I think its name is Yargul. If I, if I remember oh. correctly. I've also seen of all the characters, like the most plush Totoro's, like like toys that people oh, just dude. have. Like, uh, oh, it's yeah, cool. Not Yargul. What am I saying? Yeah. Yargul is like a place in Bloodborne. Anyways, I was gonna uh, say, <laughs> um, yeah, cool. But uh, what was I saying? No, yeah, Totoro, dude. Totoro is like I would, I would name a cat Totoro. <laughs> that's, that's how much I love. Totoro, but I would get a plushy Totoro. Totoro is oh, sick. Same. Absolutely. Totoro is Absolutely. so sick. Oh, man. I think, is, is he the, like, the logo for Studio Ghibli, or is that just like another? He is the logo, I'm pretty sure. Like, I think, right I think he totally, is it Ghibli or Ghibli? You know, I always thought it was Ghibli. Uh, Once and again, yes, if you're he is the it. logo for Ghibli, uh, is Studio Totoro. Ghibli. It's like an outline. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And hey, if you're listening and you guys know how it's pronounced, once again, hit us up on social media. Is it Ghibli? 
Or Ghibli. Or Ghibli. Because <laughs> it's going to be awkward if one of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's a... Goodness. Such a good... Such a good series of films. So their highest grossing films are actually Spirited Away, House Moving Castle, and Ponyo. Pa- okay, I can see Ponyo. Mm-hmm. I can see Ponyo. People bought into Studio Ghibli and like, what's coming out next? Mm-hmm. And I think Nausicaa Valley of the Wind is actually technically not Studio Ghibli. Oh. Ooh. It's just, uh, I think that was like the first quote unquote film that like Miyazaki really like did. Mm. And I think it was kind of, uh, it kind of becomes the starting point for Ghibli. And it's released on every Studio Ghibli collection. It's not okay. so Valley of the Wind. Because it is like, Ghibli is Miyazaki's studio. So, mm-hmm. you know, you throw in that movie, which kind of really made his, like, start. Um, yeah. There's also another movie of his. It's not part of the Studio Ghibli, Indoor Ghibli. Um, it's Lupin the Third, and he directed it. It's the Castle of Cascliostra. Mm-hmm. Ca- oh, my gosh. It's all Cascliostro. And it's actually a really good film. It's about uh, so Lupin the Third is just like a thief. And... Um, he's gets kind of embroiled as he always does in these like dicey situations and so you know madness ensues as always you have a classic chase scene which is a big love of uh, miyazaki's as are just like airplanes and trains he loves he does love that stuff man he really does like i love how he like designs some of it sometimes it's not like especially his planes like it's never traditional it's Mm -hmm. like never a traditional thing it's always like these really like abstract like not at like like very different kind of flying machines and it's like it is fantastical in its own way like oh, it's yeah. like fantasy elements um to it and stuff i love i love that kind of aesthetic <laughs> uh like this like you know flying ships like that especially like castle in the sky i love so much because it was just kind of about like these this culture of like flying uh, machines and stuff like that and i'm like that is so cool even like nausicaa valley of the wind kind of has some of yeah that. her thing was sick uh-huh. and um even in howl's moving castle like yeah. the like guards have and it's interesting it was almost like a like a like a butterfly or a moth like mm-hmm. super fast moving wings and just like a steady body yeah so i like how he mixes kind of like nature and uh machinery mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. it's so funny that like spirited away doesn't have a lot of that it does have a train granted yep. it does have a train <laughs> but it uh, doesn't have like the flying machines or anything like that, and but like the bathhouse itself is just so unique. Oh, that, dude, um, I love it. It's so well done, like so so cool, uh, so well designed. Um, Goodness, just I that outside the, staircase. Yeah, the outside like, staircase. Oh, just man. like the entire design. I love it. That is like one of my favorite settings in animation. Is the bathhouse. I'm so curious, curious if he designs the entire thing and then mm-hmm. just sets the film in like certain parts, or does mm-hmm. he only design the certain parts? You know, I want to think that he, like he's kind of has the layout somewhere. Okay, yeah. I feel <laughs> like the movie does go through a lot of the bathhouse. Um, it does. It does uh, because you know there is like another chase scene in <laughs> uh spirited away uh and like they go and go all over the bathhouse i feel like but, yeah that's true mm-hmm. very true oh man yeah, yeah it's uh it's interesting but wow well, we've been talking for a while palmer so i feel like we could talk like for literal hours uh, yeah, yeah, about uh of miyazaki and his <laughs> work but um is there anything else you'd like to add um, for those who are listening who haven't seen any of these movies or haven't seen one or another, seriously, do yourselves a favor and just check them out because you're going to have a great time no matter what. They're all on HBO Max. So if you have yes. HBO, then you can like easily watch all these fantastic movies. They're, you know, if you, if you are a lover of film, like you cannot, you like, you have to watch these, you know, like it's just a matter of fact. Uh, it is, you know, it is up there. You know, he is definitely one of the greats, um, you know, so make sure go out there and check it. But, uh, yeah, I think that's that's our uh, 
that's it right like yeah yeah all right well thanks so much for listening everybody that's been the what you got podcast i'm your host charlie bud joined with me as always is the wonderful jordan palmer uh thanks so much for listening uh be sure to drop a follow no matter where you listen to your podcasts uh this was a very different kind of episode for us where we kind of like dive in towards a particular filmmaker this time it was hayao miyazaki but this is definitely kind of a series we want to continue doing uh if you like it make sure you let us know um but yeah uh we have shows every monday evening so make sure you check in and hit that notification bell if that is a thing on these apps i don't actually know but um it could be yeah but make sure you check in every monday evening so you can always get up to date with the latest episodes and follow us on social media Jordan, you want to hit them one more time with the social media? I links. can hit them one more time with the social media. You can follow us on Instagram at What You Got Podcast, which is spelled W H A T C H A, or on Twitter at What You Got Cast, which is spelled the same way. All right. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.